Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hey, it's Friday. Woo woo. Yes, it is. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, that kind of week. Oh my God, like we're March. What happened? Like, I don't know yeah. what is going on. <laughs> I found out on the news today that it was March. <laughs> And also, it's supposed to be like daylight savings, unless they're telling us a week in advance, but they talked about it, so I don't know. (laughs) But I never know if we're like losing time or gaining time, so I always No, you're losing. So I actually figure it out. No, you're going to be tired. You're going to lose sleep. Because I'm So so you have fun with the kids. (laughs) (laughs) You too. (laughs) Hopefully it won't affect them, but I I doubt it. We lose sleep all the time, so it's like, what does this time change matter? (laughs) If there's a time change. I'm blaming Good Morning America because they talked about it this morning. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. At least we're getting closer to spring. Like, that is my, like, silver lining hoped for the future that there's no I used snow. to be. I used to be more hopeful. Like, um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm on maternity leave, and it's, it's really hard having your maternity leave, like, the portion where the kid is more, like, active during the winter months because then you can't really go any go anywhere like you just can't so like t- on a non on a normal situation usually once it hits january even though like i might be like trekking to work in the metro in the snow i'm all super happy because i'm like oh my gosh it's january hello that's gonna be over soon then it's february which is the shortest <laughs> month boom spring break <laughs> and then, that's usually <laughs> my perspective once the new year hits usually usually when you're not on mat leave <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's good though it's good it's great anyways let's just talk about gh it was a messed up week this week it could not have been more confusing <laughs> monday's episode doesn't record it gets preempted but one thing about being canadian is that whenever i notice something weird or it like well i'm also home to monitor my dvr because i have no <laughs> life um so when i saw on monday that the light wasn't on i was like oh no what happened and i go straight to a canadian channel you think i would just record the show from the canadian channel to begin with but yeah i always go there because it's always on and the canadian <sighs> channel of gh never gets preempted so i always go on ctv and like double record and days were like, I'm unsure well, that it might funny. get preempted. So I, had, I recorded on the Canadian, so I didn't even know that it was preempted. Yeah. So like the, and, and I, some, anyways, so it was a messed up week. We ended <laughs> up with four episodes. Yes. But four jam packed episodes. Yeah. There was a lot that happened. So Jordan did get hit by the car. So Drew did not break <laughs> in time. He did. He did. He did not. He went blind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went blind. So, I mean, it's not like, I mean, it's not like I thought Jordan would catch Ryan to start, but it's not a good look for her being unconscious and nobody knowing her plan. But I love that she's going to be unconscious and the murder's probably going to get solved. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, they were going to be a part of it. but, But the thing is, I wonder if her getting hit will result in her maybe not losing her job over this? Ooh, yes, the sympathy card. I can right. see that big time. Because, you know, like- because Franco could attest to the fact that, you know, it, her plan did work. It did draw out the killer. Not in, not in an ideal way. But it did, it did do the trick. <laughs> it did indeed do the trick. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, especially that 
Um, I love that Nina was so sweet and she wants to help Curtis. She visited him and she grabs Jordan's purse and goes rifling through for the keys. Right. And finally finds the phone with the urgent call on there. And then Curtis just, I think the last scene was him staring at the phone dumbfounded as to. I know. I'm like, does anyone know how to get their finger to touch the screen to press play? (laughs) But honestly, like, like the way the week went, and I know we're already talking about Friday, but it's just that there's so many players and I, I, it's kind of, you know, things are already set in motion. Franco is on the loose. He was stabbed by Ryan. He blatantly knows who did it. Ryan looks like he's running away as opposed to hunting down Franco. So things, things are happening. Action's happening. So it's hard to know what the next step is going to be because obviously something else is going to come to kind of shed light on the situation. So I was like... I had no idea what role Nina was going to play. I'm like, is she going to end up in the garage? Because at that point, Ryan was in the garage. And I'm like, is Curtis going to go in the garage? Is Nina going to go in the garage? And later we'll talk about Carly being in the garage. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll talk about that after. Cause like heart attack city. So uh, what did you think about that scene with Ryan going to see Franco? Like, did you think that would go down that way? No, I was on pins and needles watching that scene because exactly that you're not sure what direction is going to go. You know that Ryan has crazy eyes on, so you know, he know he's he's losing. It. He's starting to lose it, especially asking the same question over and over again and trying to get Franco to admit that he wasn't actually the killer. And he just kept getting closer to him, and just the distance was was like the gap was closing between them, and that sort of making me nervous. The way they were recording the scene, the way that you know, Franco, I was hoping that he would put things together a little faster. Me not too. Assuming it, not assuming that you know Kevin's not Kevin, but just the nature of the pressure that Kevin was putting on him and the way he was just kind of like pushing he aggressive. So hard. Yes. That's the word I was looking for. He's being super aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> SAT word. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I got street smart girl. <laughs> oh my God. Please edit this out. Okay, so. I'm not so funny. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Back to the scene. No, I did not think it was going to go that way. When he stabbed him, I literally like gasped out loud. I did. And, and it was really, it was really, really exciting. We have Rachel <laughs> underscore Boyle from Instagram who said, I sat in front of the TV and cheered Franco on today, which kind of made me laugh when I read that. Cause I pretty much did the same thing. Um, I was screaming at my TV. Honestly, I was just really scared. Like I, I just didn't know what to think. Cause like you said, Kevin, Ryan, whatever, was being all aggressive, but I wasn't sure. Like, I was staring at Franco the whole time wondering, is that you catching on? Is that not you catching on? And I mean, it's a little unrealistic for Franco, of all characters, mm-hmm. to assume that Kevin is actually Ryan Chamberlain. Oh, he can, you know, like, I get that for him, to a certain point, he can know that Kevin is acting weird, but given that he wasn't around when, when Kevin had his break, he only knows him as, as this stable person you know, I, I guess it's fair to say that Franco of all people wouldn't just come to think it was him, even though he's acting weird. I agree. Like, he had no back information for any of this. What I did really like, though, is that when the nurse came into the room and oh then he had an opening and then Franco managed to get the energy to punch him in the face, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And then he takes a run for it. And I love the way they filmed down the hallway. I really thought he was going to look at the screen and ask for help. Like, you know, when they do the eye contact thing, yes. it really freaks me it out. It freaks I me really... out. I'm like, stop looking at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. 
Like, I can't help you, run. But do you know what's really cool? Every time they hit that hallway, like the last hallway he was in, that's the GH building. And it's so awesome because as soon as he pushes the door and comes out, which I thought was so cool, like I honestly got shivers in that whole part because I didn't know if he was going to get caught or not. Ryan had already started running. So when he stopped to call Jordan, I had no idea if he would make it or not. Um, and then he gets out of the door. And then when he gets out of the door right beside, you see like a ramp and just sort of this like little alley thing. In yes. that alley, a lot of the actors take selfies and film videos to announce stuff. Oh, I love it. So that was really, like, fun to see. But, I mean, I was obviously rooting for Franco to, like, get out of there. I honestly didn't think that he was going to, really. Like, when he escaped, that took me by surprise and it made me really happy. And so, of course, I was screaming at my TV and you had some other people doing the same thing. So New York Book 28 on Instagram said, get Kevin Franco, which, you know, he did. Uh, for now. And Jen Balchin said, run Franco. So, I mean, I love that you have all these people that were just as excited, really just screaming at their TVs. And there's also one person out there reassuring us all. And I am with Tabby Watts. She is telling us that Franco is going to make it half safe. I really don't think he's going to die. I just think he's going to be unconscious at the most inconvenient moment. I really hope so, because honestly, I, I oh, we both try not to do this. But, like, I did not I, – I had to go look at a spoiler. Like, no! I had I – Okay, no, no, no. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say what I did because it was kind of funny. So, like, I went on Google and I put in, okay, who plays Franco on GH? What's his real name? So then I got his real name. And then I Googled that. Oh, <laughs> wow. And then I put his name in GH. And then I, like, put my phone down because I didn't want to see the result. But then I glimpsed at it from far and there was nothing that came up. And then I just turned off my phone. So you use your street smarts to <laughs> – <laughs> to, 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 track down, to track down the actor so did you do what I do when you find a spoiler on your screen you just sort of move your head really fast to see yes. what you do <laughs> <laughs> it's so special oh it's so funny okay hey you do the same thing so you're the last <laughs> I know okay I, I, I still want to talk about Frank's <laughs> escape but can we for a minute talk about the dim nurse that finds them she's <laughs> when the patient who looks identical to the doctor mm-hmm. like attacks him and she just does nothing and when the doctor refused to treat the blind patient and follow protocol the nurse was like but it's protocol and she just didn't do anything about it she's like well i guess we still don't follow the rules like i just don't understand Ferncliff is supposed to have gone under this whole revamp and i was going to kind of talk to you about like you know, how is it possible that there's no security? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Because you know, you, exactly. I was like, where is that one checkpoint person that carded Laura and then disappeared from the whole place? And so before I start talking about that, I just think that Mikey says what 81 had the best description of Ferncliff. Mm-hmm. So he says, best episode in a while. Riddle me this. <laughs> when Laura goes to Ferncliff, and click Katie clacks. Oh, clickety clacks. <laughs> oh, God, see this, I would want to edit out. <laughs> Laura goes to Franklin and clickety clacks around. There's a guard, but only to ask for her ID, but nobody to hear them in the basement screaming. Jason breaks Carly out of there with no security. Like there was no security there. Then Franco just walked out stumbling like he was walking out of a gym and there's nobody. Ferncliff is two steps away from having their funding pulled. Best line, I stabbed him in self-defense. 
what? Can we talk about that? How does that make sense that uh, Kevin stabbed him in self-defense? Like, why would like, he, how do you, he already had the knife and he can like, threaten him with the knife. Why did he need to stab him with the knife? Like, I'm confused. So Franco, like it, it, the logic being that Franco had a knife. I don't know how he would have had mm-hmm. one. So he has a knife and then he slapped Kevin on the hand. <laughs> and like, because <laughs> he, I don't know, he had a scratch at the hospital. And so he just slaps his knuckle. And then Kevin is like, oh my gosh, stab, stab. <laughs> no slaps my knuckle. So I don't know what happened there. And I don't know, like, there's even no point of questioning what's up with the PCPD. But the story sounds super weird. Like, it's true. Like, I don't understand the whole self-defense defense. defense. <laughs> but yeah, but it was... It was pretty amazing and a lot of action. And I loved the way that they filmed the interview. It was really cool. Even yeah, though I was like, like I knew it was Lulu, but still pissed off <laughs> that it was Lulu going to do the interview because I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, does no one have boundaries? Like a sense of boundaries? Like, like this person supposedly... Right, right, exactly. But Lulu doesn't. But of course, she's the one who's going to go to the interview because otherwise she's just, just threatened to, to do the interview and then sell it for somewhere else. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's so disloyal in that sense when it comes to wherever she works. Well, Even if it's for a friend like stomper. Peter. She's a foot stomper. You know, she's like, I need to get my weight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, is that a technical term? But I get it now. <laughs> I, get, <laughs> I get what you're saying. So, so she does the interview. And basically, for her, all it does is kind of make her question, like, whether Franco actually did it. So it didn't help her bring any memories back. But now that... She has him confessing in front of her face. She's like, no, I don't like this. She's right and she's right that he didn't like <laughs> kill her. But I just feel like the moment he pled guilty, she was like so deflated. Like, well, then who will I yell at? <laughs> like, what will I, I know do? who she can have conflict with. I liked how he, I don't know who, I don't think anybody coached him for a speech because Jordan had already had a car accident by this point, right? Yeah. So he came up with this whole thing by himself, which I think yeah. was great. He didn't have a whole lot to go on. Drew picked up on, or it was Elizabeth who picked up on part of the story yes. when he talks about what he did to Drew. Yeah, then, the moment you know, he's the moment he said that in the interview, that was really significant because that was a major part of the Franco backstory storyline and showing us how he was connected with Drew and showing us basically that he wasn't innately evil. So that was part of like Franco's little origin story. So him claiming that he tried to kill Drew was like a a massive red flag. And I love that he was able to weave that into the story to at least try to let the people that he cares about know a clue. And then Carly picking up, I mean, he didn't do that intentionally, but Carly picking up on the name, um, which right. was, what was it, Ryan's Todd like, other Wilson. name. Yeah. Todd Wilson. And then Lulu's gut instinct about how he was talking about things. You know, even Ava, even though she was angry, she was still wavering at the fact that yeah. the only reason that he had killed her is because Kiki was beautiful. Like, all of it just didn't make very much sense. It didn't make sense, but Ava's, Ava's leaning towards believing him that he did do it. But again, it just, like you said, it, it's not sitting well with a lot of people. But mm-hmm. it, did, it did do the trick. And he did a really good job sort of trying to make sense of what he did. And it's even worse for people because it wasn't sort of like a good enough answer because it was just basically him saying, I did this because I wanted to. Uh, there was no motive that anybody could understand. So I, I think that whole thing was just pretty cool. But there's, like you said, you, you mentioned Carly's name, but there's just so many more people involved. And part of me wonders, like, are these little crumbs going to come together? 
like how, like, I guess I'm just excited and kind of wondering how all these little bits of information, because how can the whole town be in on solving this? We have Carly with the name, Nina finds the right. phone, Maxi is going over the evidence with Felicia and Mac. They need to have a town meeting, you know, like and on Gilmore Girls, they have these like town hall meetings. <laughs> yeah. One of those like ASAP. Because we used to joke that they should just include the whole town, but now I just find that there's <laughs> so many people involved in this that I'm just wondering how will this all come together? And now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh my God, really? Is Carly just going to stand there in the basement and harass him about the Wilson name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my- <gasps> oh no. I'm just like, oh gosh. Like, it's just so annoying because at the at this point like when because for I love this scene like how they filmed Ryan standing in front of like the trunk when it opened I thought it was such a cool shot but the thing is when I saw Carly I was just sort of like disappointed because I'm like honestly she didn't hear anything like I'm, I'm positive she didn't see anything and she didn't hear anything if anything she's there to kind of like rant over the fact that he is gonna marry Ava or now that I'm thinking about it start inquiring about the like name Todd Wilson I think it's going to be a little bit of both, but my concern is the minute I saw her face is my thought was the baby. And they kept talking about Niagara Falls and they kept talking about a drive. Yes. What I freaked out when I heard him say he wanted to elope in Niagara Falls. And I was like, really, Mm -hmm. really? And did you hear what Cameron said? The last thing he said, I was like, why would you say something like that? Like, what if we never come back? That was awful. Like, all of them talking, they had a number of different things that was said in that conversation. It was like, it was cold. We have to be careful. We have to dress warm. We have to drive carefully. And I think we never get back. It's like, dude, like just set it up even more for us. But what, you know, what part of the trip are you going to crash is basically what we need. Well, what's, what's your concern about, you think something's going to happen to the, to the baby? I think that potentially what could happen is Carly confronts Kevin Kevin gets nervous. The trunk. Did he close the trunk? Oh, yeah, he closed the trunk. Yeah. Is there in the trunk, let's say? Because he just wants <laughs> Reopen to... Reopen like... the trunk. <laughs> okay. Right okay. now, he's not methodic anymore at this point. He's just, yeah. like, surviving. He's, like, on the line. Opens the trunk again. Puts her in. Maybe she cracks <laughs> open the box while she's in the trunk. They get into an accident. Oh, they hit the car with the four kids. All of them are in an accident. Jax has to come. Something happens to the baby. Jocelyn's in the hospital. Cameron's in a coma. There you go. Done. Wow. It was so depressing. I don't know who's kicking me Jordan gets, though. That was very soapy. It was very soap <laughs> I opera. I know. <laughs> it was very I soap opera. It. But now you're making me super scared about Carly's fate <laughs> and everyone because those are a lot of people that are going to be on the road. So I'm, like, really scared, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to talk. Like, you know, it's funny, though, because just like on a real world situation, you know, every morning I get up, I listen to the radio to listen to the traffic report. I live in London, so there's not a whole lot going on. But if we were in Port Charles, every time we hear two cars on the road, we'd have a heart attack. <laughs> I know. I feel like I can't go to work this morning. <laughs> two people are out there driving. They're going to collide. Because <laughs> they will. Since they will collide. Because that's all you need. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk about Maxie. Like, her face looks so concentrated today that I thought she was going to, like, solve something. Especially when they were stating facts like, so who, where did this list come from? It's like, oh, my gosh, this is such a roundabout way when you already told Maxie (laughs) that Kevin had the list of the nine names. And he knew about it. Like, that's all. There's there's Laura. Sorry, go ahead. 
No, that's it. <laughs> that's, that's all there is. There's Laura. Laura told her that Kevin had the list of nine names. That's all. That, that's all and there I, is. I know, right? So I take back the sorry. And I thought that Maxie would have something a little bit more deep to say or more thought out. But yeah, she had a very focused face. And then when Felicia approached her and said, you know, like, what's going on? What's wrong? Like, why is this bothering you? I don't know too much about Nathan's backstory, but the way that they kind of all tied it together, I didn't feel like it fit the situation. No, it didn't. I mean, he got shot. We all know. He was murdered. Well, yeah. <laughs> I might be but hate every time we talk about murder. I know. Like, he, should, like, he lives in Port Charles. Like, how many people get murdered and stuff? Like, you can't get upset every single time. He <laughs> <laughs> sounds so terrible. <laughs> No, I, no, I agree with that. I agree that her sentiment over Nathan, given that particular situation, it didn't, I, I agree. I didn't catch it. I was, I was weirded out by it, but you're right. It didn't fit. <laughs> and it would have been a lot better if Maxie was able to like contribute to triggering more memories or even put things together that Lulu is not saying because when, cause she, she said something really crucial that didn't come up in your hypnosis session about you calling Kevin. Like the fact that like for Maxie being someone who is so skeptical and able to question people's motives, I was surprised that nobody pushed that issue a little further. And the fact that Mac and Felicia, of course they know Kevin and, and no one, no one would ever guess that Ryan Chamberlain survived, but everyone does know that Kevin had a psychotic break. So the fact that that didn't seem to flash across Mac or Felicia's face, I was like, really? So do you think Chase is, <laughs> Chase is getting it? Do you think Chase is on the case? Oh my god! Kids watch Paw Patrol, and I've (laughs) been watch. I watch Paw Patrol every day, and I was telling Donnie, I'm like, this is so annoying because I'm trying to enjoy my show, and Chase (laughs) is on a couple of cases, and and the only thing going on in my head is Chase is on the case. And the funny thing is, Jackson can't say that. He can't say Chase is on the case. So every time he sees Chase, he does this. Oh, Chase. I've tried to get him to repeat each word and then he ends up with oh Chase and I mean I don't know I feel the same thing toward Chase in GH sometimes I'm like oh Chase and the other times I'm like oh Chase really really like sometimes he's got it sometimes he doesn't but his like grumpy Chase detective man works for him because he's the only one that seems concerned about Laura no one's concerned like Lou's not concerned no one's concerned it floors me that you know He's he's actually questioning the fact that the mayor's office doesn't know where she is. It doesn't is. make any sense. He made the connection. I didn't really know that Alexis and Laura were like good friends. Yes, because when Alexis had to bow out of the last mayoral election, Laura had taken her place and lost against Ned. And then she went up against Ned for the second time. Ah, interesting. So even Alexis, you know, all these people are concerned, but she's is actually doing something about it, yeah. which is so he's which very because he's involved. the cop. <laughs> I think other people should call her at least once, but I think it really should fall on, on Chase to, to keep trucking along <laughs> on that one. And so he's going everywhere. He's going to, like, Kevin at Charlie's to look huh. for Laura. Yeah. I wonder if they just stop screaming and are still just catching up, Laura and Kevin. I guess we won't I, know. <laughs> we won't know. We <laughs> No, um, okay, so didn't you think that it was kind of the weirdest way for Ava to tell Julian that she was engaged? Uh, yeah. While being interrogated by Chase about, (laughs) you know, your your wife slash, you know, your now ex-wife is missing and we can't find her. And that's when Ava chooses to gloat about, well, I'm going to be his new wife. So who cares if we can't find Laura? Like, I don't, 
I didn't understand that. Okay, and well, then, this is Eva, the whole scene with Carly at the elevator. I was dying. Oh, I thought of you so much. <laughs> and I just like, it's just, it happens so often that it's like to mention it every single time. But apparently good news isn't true unless you tell your best friend of me is what it looks like for Ava. Nothing is ever real until she swings it by Carly. All that was missing in that whole speech that she was given to Carly was a little twirl, a little Ava twirl. Like just <laughs> twirl around, dance around your enemy and be like, nah, 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 nah. I'm happy now. <laughs> like for somebody who's under, like she's gone through so much. And right now it's like, she's in a different phase of her grief and she's focused on like her killer being captured. It turns out it was her friend that like killed her. So she thinks, but look at the joy in, in, the, in the middle of all of that. Look at the joy she can get from twisting the knife. Carly like oh, it was dealing with a lot but then watching her and like act like a child in the elevator I was just I thought it was really funny I was super was amused a, by that well it was a nice light scene in the middle of all the other stuff that was going on it was definitely nice to have a light scene especially with Franco dropping in to Elizabeth which was pretty dramatic so at least she was smart enough to tell them that he's unarmed and not a threat because she knows he escaped and all that Absolutely. She handled it very well. When there was that knock on the door, I was really happy that he actually made it there. So that was like one super relief. And I not one just... person stopped to help him. I know, right? Like, I don't know how, well, in this town, I think everything's like two minutes away. So like maybe yeah. nobody saw him from that point A to point B. So and crazy. the typical soap situation where she wouldn't let him get the words out until way later in the scene as to what he wanted to say. <laughs> I know, I know. She took a really long time to close her front door. But neither here nor there. (laughs) But but it's just that we have all these pieces of evidence. I'm just wondering if certain parts aren't really going to matter. You know, like like at this point, Franco's unconscious. Does Mm -hmm. it matter whether Chase believes what she's saying or not? Because then um, he's going to get that voicemail eventually from Curtis. Right. Absolutely. Okay. And if we kind of figure out that it's Kevin. I'm just wondering where does Carly's Todd Wilson come in? Like, I'm just wondering at this point if all those little elements of evidence, I mean, they're showing them on purpose, but I'm wondering if they're all going to like count into getting it done. Well, yeah, if they're going to piece it all together and then we still have the huge missing link of how are they going to make sense of it all to find Laura and Kevin? Oh yeah. Like none of this really goes to that. (laughs) Like nothing. None of the evidence right now. I mean, obviously, if they realize that it is Ryan Chamberlain and not Kevin, then at that point, I guess they would start searching. And that's where maybe Carly's information comes in handy. But also just looking for Laura. (laughs) Talk to Ferncliff. Like, where's that guy who is like the mayor? Like, if you're looking for the mayor, I guess the guy doesn't know that they're looking for the mayor. Whatever. It's not on the newsstand. Doesn't she have Find My Phone? Shouldn't these people on Port Charles have Find My Phone? I, I think I saw somewhere on social media somebody commenting and I don't know I don't recall <laughs> I'm assuming Ryan never <laughs> did leave the phone in there oh somebody, right you take the phone that's true of course did he take the, the phone, phone. but somebody so made a comment answer. as in did because somebody made the comment did like questioning whether he actually did take it but I didn't go back to the scene to, to see he did take it because when they were in the um at Charlie's watching the Franco interview Kevin stepped aside to message chase or message somebody saying i'm caught up in blah 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 meeting um oh i'm still tied up so i think he had messaged chase just to get him that's true but isn't that message suspicious as you start questioning a bunch of people you get this message right well i guess <laughs> it's suspicious to us because we know ryan did it <laughs> so. good point good point <laughs> 
Uh, anyways, so a lot of funnies happening at the hospitals. Yes. Okay, so my favorite was when Carly was with Jason, and they're in the hospital, and uh, she finally says that she's pregnant. And just the the looks that they share and how she's asking him to be there, and they're, like, having this super amazing best friend moment. And then at some point later on, Anna comes in. And Anna's talking to Jason, and they're connecting as friends, and they're having a discussion. Anna leaves the room, and Carly's jealous green meter goes up and up and up. And it was absolutely hilarious and adorable. It was just, like, I mean, I get it. Like, for her, it matters that she be, like, the one and only, like, friend for Jason. (laughs) And, I mean, I get it, like, the whole Robin connection. But, honestly, it caught me off guard her problem was Anna because like Anna just came in to kind of check on him and let him know that she was one of the patients like the first patient or whatnot I was just like what about that interaction made you jealous but it's Carly so it's Carly it's hormone it always fits with Carly though like no matter what she does it like she always makes it work and she always makes it fit with her character even funnier was her little fight with Sam although I kind of agree with how Carly is questioning the methods. I agree too. I don't see the logic and how far this has gone, honestly. Well, the only thing that makes it make sense is that Sam is so close to this. It involves her sister. So she is kind of taking more risks than maybe she would if she had more distance from the situation. The funny part in those scenes, though, for me, was when they were by the vending machine. So they, meaning Sam and Shiloh, uh, was by the vending machine. And he put his arm, or his hand on her arm. And the look on her face when he touched her arm, she looked like she wanted to just, like, rip her arm off. I know, I know. I think she has my feeling when she's around him. Because, like, it's hard for me to take (laughs) notes whenever they're his scenes. Because all I can come up with is, ew, ew. And, like, I think Carly said it perfectly today she said he wears that fake spirituality like bad cologne (laughs) i didn't catch that oh my god that's perfect it was so so, it was so funny so i mean my ew sentiment of shiloh i think like sam wears it all over her face when they're together just quickly before we go back to shiloh and sam i just like that their fight and that's the thing i don't know if jason's really experienced how the relationship with carly and sam has evolved because they are friends they still mm-hmm. bicker, but they have like a deeper love and appreciation for each other. So the oh, how yeah. quick they come back from bickering and fighting to just, oh my gosh, I'm so there for you. Oh. It's just, it's so, so funny. Obviously it annoys Jason. He's like, what is happening between these two? But at the same time, I just feel like that interaction is a demonstration for Jason. If he hasn't already seen it, how far they've come and where they are. And what their dynamic has evolved to be. Because I don't think he knows knows. That's a really good point. Because he hasn't been around for so long. So for him, everything kind of is frozen. In terms of relationships, growth, all of that stuff. And I love, love, love. Like, I like when they go, you know, Carly and Sam, they went for drinks at, uh, what was it? The Floating Rib. And that scene when she finds out about the baby. It's just, it's so beautiful. And it's so funny. And they've both been on the show for such a long time. Like, it's just cool to see the evolution. Yeah. So those two are really, really funny. And so... Okay, Shiloh catches them kissing. First of all, like, oh my God, right right before that Mm -hmm. happened, I was just Mm -hmm. thinking to myself, I was wondering if Shiloh is buying it because every now and then he has these looks that to me, I sense that he's a bit suspicious of Sam. 
But because his character is so, like, narcissistic and he's just so full of himself that, like, I see him easily choosing to believe that he's, he's like, being effective and he actually has some sort of, like, that he's making progress with Sam. Like, I feel yes. he's so in love with himself that that sort of clouds his judgment with Sam. However, the connection with Sam and Jason and the quick signal, letting her know that somebody, that they weren't yeah. alone and Shiloh was right there, allowed her to react quickly. So, I mean, at least, you know, it was a good save, the whole slap thing. And he oh. bought it. And I'm always just surprised when he keeps buying it. I know. So, for me, I was like, okay, why would you leave the door open? One, same with Elizabeth. They right? always like to leave the doors open. And then I liked that they got to fit in a good old school soap opera slap. It was great. Yeah, that is always kind of nice when that happens. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, what did Shiloh think was happening when he tried to have a conversation with Jason? I don't understand. <sighs> have, you, have you not Googled him? Like, what do you think? Like, what? There's no reason for Jason to <laughs> be scared no of you. Because there, there's none. Like, when he says, uh, you followed me, like, with a gun and you were trespassing. Ooh, trespassing. Have you seen his rap sheet? What does it matter? <laughs> he went to a lighthouse. You took, like, oh, my God. Like, listening to him talk, I was just like, this is so ridiculous. Like, Jason doesn't care. Do you, like, the fact that you can't read how much he doesn't care and how much you have no hold over him is just for me really really ridiculous so my notes for Shiloh for this week was I can't even with this guy so those are my notes for Shiloh <laughs> it's way more articulate than mine of ew from like the week before okay so as I was cringing though with Shiloh and Jason the conversation with Sam and Christina made me cringe even more how did you feel about Christina's reaction I, I'm going to say a little bit about my reaction, but then I'm going to read somebody else's comment because I think it was just way better said than I could have said it. I just thought to myself, how difficult must that be for, for Sam to have to sit there and listen to this? And she's, you know, doing a really good job, not giving anything away. And Honestly, it was just very, like, Christina, she just jumped on the bandwagon. You know, she heard a couple of things and then just started pulling all this evidence to sort of support what Sam pointed out to her. But I just thought it was extremely short-sighted because while some of those things are true, and by some I mean, yes, Carly is important to him. Sonny is important to him. Mm -hmm. But it's just she's not taking the whole picture into account. You're forgetting the fact that those same people, despite the bickering between Sam and Carly, they share the exact same value for family coming first. And obviously, Christina doesn't realize this. And the way yes. Jason has had to explain Sam to Christina shows that like, Christina doesn't really have a deep understanding of who Sam is as a person. Because... Yep. She doesn't know the lengths her sister is currently going through just to be there for her. But anyways, like speaking more to how annoyed and how disturbed I was about um, the way Christina was suddenly seeing Jason, especially because she showed up there to see how he was doing and he saved her countless times. So at mm -hmm. the Pretty Pixie said this. Creasy's condemnation of Jason was shocking. He's always been somebody she trusted. To turn on a man she adored for years for an interloper is insanity. Jason looked like he realized how deep Creasy is in when she left that hospital room. Love Sam Ooh. shooting him. I love yous. So 
Yeah, like the way she said it was, she captured it way better than I could have said. It was really, you know, like it's like she disregarded her own personal experiences with Jason. Oh, 100%. I was cringing that entire conversation exactly for that reason. She's just this little sponge and she's being guided by the wrong people. And like she just jumped on a bandwagon. She didn't think for herself. She didn't pull on her experience. Well, okay. She she didn't think critically. Like she didn't question anything. She just went along yeah. with what Sam said. And then she just kept, she grabbed the ball and kept rolling, which kind of shows how easy it was when it came to Donna Dame Shiloh. Shoot something Absolutely. at her and she will just run with it. And she's not really thinking critically about much coming her way. So, yeah, I think I think it's it's sad how it's going. You know, something Molly doesn't know what's going on. Oh my gosh, that's a really good point. She's really wrapped up with everything going on with Jordan. She's with school, but you're right; she has no clue about Dawn of Day. Another thing, though, real quick, was Sam um, using sign language to tell Jason she loves him. Yeah. And so I don't know if you were watching at that point. It was when Brenda had come back for a brief period and basically Sam was in a limo that somebody thought Brenda was supposed to be in and a bomb went off and she had lost her hearing briefly and they were using sign language and Jason used to do that <gasps> to her. Oh, I didn't know. No, I don't remember yeah. that at all. I don't think I was watching then. And oh, it makes it even so much better. Yeah, it is really cool. Uh, well, that's the thing. They've been together for so long that there's so many little nuggets that are there and honestly... <laughs> Having other people point it out allows you to appreciate it much a lot more. <laughs> um, in regards to the whole Shiloh Jason situation, we have another comment by at Zoe Bird. And she said, Jason looked like you're nothing to me. And at the same time, going stone cold because if he hurts Sam or his kid, Shiloh is toast and I'm ready to see it. I have to agree. I am looking forward to Sam and Jason taking him down. I think he will be so shocked. Especially the fact that he thinks he has his hooks um, into uh, Sam. Another interesting comment we got this week was from MECMPK, who said, Don't get me wrong, I would love for Jason to take creepy guy out, but I would love it even more if Drew takes him out. Now the creeper knows there's a flash drive out there with his memories thanks to Babble. <laughs> Babble, Babble. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I love the comment, but something that really stuck out for me was her mention of Drew. Because like I had said a while back, the storyline of Shiloh began with Drew. And I thought this was going to be more of us digging into Drew's past. Yeah. And he's sort of been in and out of this storyline. Uh, no, it is really weird because we talked about the fact that Drew's like the main point of the story. At least, you know, that's how Shiloh makes it seem as the turning point for his whole entire life. Oscar's the one who introduced us pretty much to living in that house, how it works. Christina brought the book out, but Oscar was there. And then both of them just kind of disappeared from the storyline. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the fact that like Drew is clearly deeply connected, like you said, in this, in the sense that he supposedly changed Shiloh, but also in the sense that any of his memories coming back would take Shiloh down because yes. Shiloh's thrilled that his memories are gone. So for that reason, I feel like maybe Drew should have a bigger role and maybe should be a part of how Shiloh gets taken down. It's one storyline, but it's sometimes it feels separate with the whole Drew and then Sam, Jason, and Christina. It's very true, but there is one thing that I that I believe might tie it together. So there was one funny line 
that I really enjoyed that Anna approached Jason and said, uh, did you disappear? What was it, Dr. Calvin? So she asked him if he specifically disappeared him, which I thought was pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) So if this doctor, if Jason knows where Sonny left him or wherever this doctor is, and he was involved in the process of transferring memories, it is possible that Drew may be able to get that specific memory back and help bring Shiloh down. If that happens quicker than Sam's plan. What if Anna's memory of sleeping with Faison and having a baby wasn't hers? <gasps> Whoa, mind blown, dude. That's you that know? Me, that gave me goosebumps for real. Because like she didn't know she was in the experiment and the guy made it seem like I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of, of unknowns and it's hard to know if something worked or what. I feel like is Anna didn't remember that, you know, is it possible that some of the memories could have gotten just, you know mangled up a little bit oh my goodness that would be crazy interesting <laughs> but it would also but that's the thing but what if she you know she feels because <laughs> she can't really get rid of that memory but at the same time it would make me feel better knowing that she didn't sleep with Faison. absolutely oh goodness so there's that but she turned on her 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 baby boy real fast with Robert and the questioning. I was like, where is this coming from? That scene was funny yet annoying at the same time. Cause Robert just sounded like, I couldn't even understand what he was saying at some time. At some point, it just sounded like a dog barking in the background. And then you have Anna just staring him down, trying to maybe be good cop. Like I didn't even know what was happening. I didn't know she was being good cop. Like I didn't understand. I'm like, you guys are just like, at him and I'm just like this is the opposite of the way she's been treating him so far she was all about hey shoot me kill me I'm your mom and now she's like tell me what you know what's going on I'm pretty sure Peter was kind of thrown as, as well oh absolutely but I liked when Anna left and his kind of stronger tougher side came out <gasps> trying to put him in place. it was kind of hot like I'm oh not- I Okay, that I specifically wrote in my notes and it says angry Peter is hot. Oh my god, I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote. You had to write it, you had to find it. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that and I was like scrolling. <laughs> Even though I knew I thought it. <laughs> I wanted to have an accurate quote of my earlier thoughts. <laughs> okay, yeah, so- no. <laughs> I thought that was really hot, but I don't know what Robert thinks he's going to find on Peter. Like, what do you think you're going to find in Peter? Like, is there hope to just send him to prison to prove that he's a bad guy? Like, I don't know. He just, he doesn't seem like a bad guy now, but I wouldn't mind finding out that he's like, you know, a little bit bad. <laughs> like, good bad. <laughs> I love that. A little, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Do you know what I also thought was super funny this week? What? Alexa's therapy (laughs) session. Did you not love it? It was funny. Okay, the part that caught me the most is, you know... What what makes you feel dangerous, or or why do you think yes. you're dangerous, or like that, and how that led into other things? But just him using the word dangerous and Alexis together, I giggled, and then the rest of the story unfolded. But the thing is, I think I gasped when he kind of highlighted her pattern to her, saying that I nothing know. is ever her fault. Like I gasped. Like this guy, like I'm just saying that she's had very minimal sessions with him, and he says things that are quite insightful into the character of Alexis and that's really cool getting to dig into her and really like analyze her on the show and it's funny how like she's doing that at the same time that 
that we sort of started digging into Sam's past and trying to understand her. I thought more of that was to come. I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, I liked him pointing out that pattern to her. And I thought it was interesting, his theory about her being attracted to things that were similar in her. So that question was really interesting because no, Alexis doesn't come off dangerous, but she has killed people. And that's the part that made me kind of giggle and, and think about how we've discussed when we talk about things, um, how do you say, like take a soap opera line, say, hey, would you date a guy who did this and this and this oh, and yeah. this and that? <laughs> and so, you know, Alexis is standing there saying, well, this happened. And she kind of plays it off. Oh, yeah, I ran over a guy. But, you know, I was never really good. I, I and was... the guy fell. I did not push him. He fell. <laughs> but that was the first time I heard her speak so, like, cavalierly about those incidences. Because they were bad. You killed a young kid. Mm -hmm. Yes, he had abused your daughter, you know, 100%. That whole thing was horrible. But you did, you killed a child. And, I mean, she she was shocked over the whole thing. And I do remember killing, um, I think it was she killed Alcazar because he had blown up her, her sister, Christina. Right. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. I'm just so, I just really love their sessions together. I don't know if she can be helped. But I am enjoying <laughs> how it's unfolding and how he challenges her and the questions he's asked. And then the inevitable, inappropriate sex they're going to have. Right. Probably on his desk, too. It'll be fun. It's just, it just sucks because, like, I respect him <laughs> as a fake psychologist. He right. seems like he knows what he's doing. So it kind of sucks that none of these guys can, like, they don't have any boundaries. You know, some are criminals and they conduct illegal experiments. <laughs> well, Kevin is a good guy. He didn't do uh, anything oh, come bad. On. Oh, no, he did. He <laughs> held the patient hostage for <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, they all do bad stuff. They all do bad stuff. And Ryan, worst of all, pretending to be a psychiatrist. This is pretty funny. Pretty a hypnotist funny. to top it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, loving. I, I, I like, I swear, I just want more and more scenes with, uh, with Alexis. And she did show up to Charlie's this week. And as much as, like, I'm, I'm always like, oh, my God, you're such a stalker. Why do you keep following him? It's, like, super sad. What happened this week? Like, she sat on the chair. She, she, like, the whole interaction with her and Julian was very, like, there was a lot of chemistry going on there. Like, sometimes the scenes with Julian and, and Alexis, like, you forget that they're not together. Or you forget that Kim exists. Or you look at them together and think, how does Kim even fit into this scenario? Because they seem to have so much chemistry. Even though I like him with Kim. You know, and I think she brings out, like, a better side to him. Except for the fact that he, like, participated in that whole baby switch thing. But when he was with Alexis at Charlie's, what did you think of that? Oh, well, that, I felt like there was a little bit of a rule reversal and a lot of chemistry. Like, Alexis wasn't her typical um, <laughs> lonely, hungry eye self. <laughs> yeah, she was, yeah, she was a bit more you know, She was confident. She sat there. She drank her water or coffee or whatever it is she had. He's the one that came over and was kind of like, oh, she's not fawning all over me. I'm going to give her some attention. I'm going to engage with her. I'm going to talk with her. Like, it just seemed like a role reversal and he, that mm. he wanted to be in her atmosphere. Interesting. I think he does. I think he does. I don't know. He told her no. Who doesn't? But... Uh, yeah, but <laughs> who doesn't know. like being appreciated and, you know, complimented and not stalked, but lightly stalked by a hot person? Whatever. 
It's true. That must feel kind of nice for him. I almost slit your throat, but you're still following me. (laughs) 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 Nothing says flattery like that situation. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's uh, very funny. (laughs) (laughs) So, so also at Charlie's was, okay, we were talking earlier. So the whole like road trip gets planned here. And then we come to find out that Jocelyn is so rich that she has an adventure account. Oh, part of me was gagging. Part of me was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so when the, when the scene was going and they were like talking about budgets, I was like, okay, all right. They're talking about monies. And so like all the kids are like, they have kid money, you know, here's $20 yeah. and, and it's like super <laughs> yeah. adorable. And then Joss is like, put your money away. And so in my head, this is what I heard. Put your money away. I'm super rich. <laughs> like that's, that's what I heard. But then that's she started talking about her adventure fund. And she started making it seem all like sentimental. And she gave a lot of detail, like more than I would have cared for. Oh my for. God. You know, I, I understand you have money. Let's just get to it. But the thing is, did you notice that the only person who double checked with Joss about using her money was Cam? I know. And I thought that was really sweet. And did you notice how they were looking at each other? She always kind of licks her lips or bites her lips when she looks at him. I did not notice that. But I did notice her lipstick because her and Elizabeth (laughs) had this really cool nude look this week. And I was just like, I like that. I like that look. So yeah, I was more focused on her lipstick and I didn't realize what she was doing to Cam. They sparkle. So even if it wasn't in this scene, they definitely like have a thing when they look at each other and he kind of smiles. But yes, he was the only one that kind of objected and was like, are you sure you want to use it for Niagara Falls of all places? (laughs) Which is what we kind of say here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you know what came to mind when they were talking about Niagara Falls? Didn't you talk about them eloping? Obviously, it's illegal because they're not... I don't know if they're 18. (gasps) Right. I forgot about that. But yeah, I totally talked about that, like, about the thing. But so are they both going to elope at the same chapel? Ryan, Kevin, and Ava? (laughs) Oh, okay. I was like... (laughs) I'm like, like, are you referring to both as Joss and Oscar? Like, it just sounded really weird. Honestly, we don't really know if anyone's actually going to make it to Niagara Falls. We don't. But I was just thinking that Niagara Falls was very, like, people get married there. I don't know why, but they do. Sure. (laughs) I don't know. I I went to Niagara Falls, and I was too scared to go in the ferry boat. Because I was like, I don't know if I need to be that close. And then we were in the caves. Like, you can go, like, behind the waterfalls. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this is also really terrifying. I get scared of everything. But it's like, it's it's water. I don't need to be that. It's beautiful, but I, I appreciated it further away sitting and eating stuff we bought from, I think there's like an M&M candy store. Yeah, I and so, so we so that's what I did. When everyone did those boat things, some friends, we just sort of sat, looked at the waterfall and had some treats. Uh, when you go back next time, so when I went with Brandon many, many moons ago before children and we had time and disposable income, we went to the wineries not too far away, and then we just went there for a little walk around the waterfalls, but we spent most of the time at the wineries, Niagara-on-the-Lake. It's beautiful. Oh, that sounds better than the wax museum I went to. Oh, yeah, way better. <laughs> so, so anyways, we don't know if anyone's going to make it to Niagara Falls. We don't know if anyone's going to elope, but you had threw that out that maybe that might be something on Oscars and Joss's bucket list. Absolutely. I really do think that if they do make it there, that will happen. So we shall see. So, okay, let's let's check back in with Jordan. 
Is Jordan okay? How's she doing? <laughs> Not so good. <laughs> Not so good. And did okay. you know that Stella was a doctor? I did not know that Stella was a doctor, but what I did really love was Curtis's speech when she was in bed. Tell me more. Apparently it was hilarious. Tell me more. Because I was thinking about us and the way we approach Peter and his situation. So he's, you know, he's holding her hand and he's talking to her and he's like, I loved you as a friend, then as a (laughs) sister-in-law. Oh my gosh, I didn't even catch that. If you summarize the situation that happened, basically, especially with the fact that Drew hit Jordan, and I posted it earlier this week, the concept that Jordan, who's Curtis's wife, who used to be married to his brother, got hit by his best friend, who (laughs) went blind suddenly after a memory experiment had gone wrong. It's insane, and he forgave him. Forgave him? forgive something like that because I don't know like even if you're my friend and even if you had someone implant your twin brother's memories into your mind that you didn't know about and it was an accident I still would feel a little bit like I don't really want to see you right now because you literally hurt my spouse and I know it was an accident I love you but I don't know if I can talk to you right now but they are much bigger people than I am. And Murmur50 said, I love their friendship. Drew couldn't help it, especially when he had that headache and went blind. (laughs) (laughs) And then Carolyn Hoag said, these two are good together. It shows how to be a real friend, which is so (laughs) hilarious. And when you take that and like pretend it was real life, how to help each other at times when we need each other, always a pleasure to see them together. Do you know what's really interesting about like Drew's relationship with Curtis. And if you think about Drew's really, cause like Drew solidified his relationship with Franco as a brother when he helped him get married. And Curtis is really like this amazing best friend. That whole situation shows how his connection so far with Jason is very biological because of like the accident. They had this sort of medical thing happen to them at the exact same time. But there doesn't seem to be that like friendship and brothership and buddyship that exists, let's say with Drew and and Curtis and Drew and like Franco so for me like that whole situation just made me kind of see that a bit more that yeah they're cordial Mm -hmm. but their connection right now is very biological that's about it it's a very yeah it's a very good point because they I mean Drew you know begged um to go and see Curtis whereas I don't think he really asked about Jason or no. or anybody told uh, they I asked about each other or wanted to see each other. Oh, well, that's a good point too. If he knew, would that would that have really changed anything though? I don't I, think it would have. No, I don't think it would have either. And so, anyways, I really like. I mean, obviously, it's an unfortunate situation, everything with Jordan, but I really love watching Curtis featured like this in a different way. Like we always see him as this like really cool guy who has like all the common sense in the world but then mm-hmm. to see him this vulnerable and this sad like he's doing such a good job with it like I really buy it like he's in a really sad place in a really vulnerable place right now extremely worried about Jordan and and like also just not understanding medically what's going on with her which is totally normal and so Stella kind of comes in so apparently like she spoke to the doctor she's a social worker But did you see how she was, like, going through all the medical information in such detail with what appeared to be a high level of comprehension? I was just like, (laughs) wow, maybe TJ should talk to Stella if he has any questions about medical school. Maybe she should fast track. 
<laughs> I'm a social worker surgeon. <laughs> Tell me your problems will like cut you open. <laughs> Anyways, um so TJ is also like this is the third TJ, so he's upset about hey. his relatively new mom, um, mom number two, being like like all injured. So one thing that struck me, so he's all upset, he's with Molly. And then there was a scene where he was leaning in the doorway, looking at his mom. Okay. Did you notice that the way his scrubs fell on his body, it made him look real ripped? <laughs> no, I did not know. <laughs> I was like, well, he's all emotional and staring. I'm like, huh, your scrubs, interesting. They're loose, but your position hmm, looks like you got a nice quirk going on. And that's all I could think about. Yeah, that's all I could really think about in that whole scene. It was nice to see Molly and TJ together. And, like, the thing is, TJ has been on this show for a really, really long time. So it was just really interesting that you have a character like TJ who's just, you know, a staple, and he's staying, and he's here. And he's not necessarily connected to, like, any legacy characters. He's just there in an entirely new family that they developed in Port Charles. So I think it's really cool. He might be the third TJ, but the TJ character itself has, like, a lot of staying power, it seems. I really like that. And I like that he's studying to, to be a doctor. I didn't realize that before. Like, I didn't know what he was studying. Because <laughs> he wasn't on the fast track. He was taking normal medical school. Oh, right, right. <laughs> okay, so he's actually, like, away going to school. Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's, a, like, I don't know. I think it's really cool. Like, I mean, especially for him, you know, an actor getting a job like this. And But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe some more Molly PJ time. They disappear an awful lot. But they if he becomes a doctor, he might be around a lot more. That's what I'm like. That's what I'm hoping for, honestly. Like, I think he'll get a really nice um, storyline. He becomes a doctor. There's a lot of doctors that have, you know, if Griffin leaves or there's another place for him, I think that it'll make a nice fit. I think so too. Okay, so we got some like bad news. So Jordan has the one kidney now, and now he was told by Doctor Finn while Nina was there, which I think is hilarious because like the actor who plays Finn. Mm-hmm. played her husband I... Silas so it's just yes, funny totally... it's funny so he said like so so Curtis is gonna go get tested he wants TJ to get tested and Nina was super sweet and she offered to to do an article and I was like honestly take up like take the favors from your friends in high places and have her publish the article if it would get Jordan a donor but you know what I'm thinking what are you thinking anyone's gonna be a match it's gonna be Stella I was thinking the same thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because it has to be. Like she they fight and whatever. It has to be Stella. But Stella made peace with her. I mean, I guess it's easy to do while she's like in a coma or unconscious. But you know, right. she actually apologized for her behavior and for keeping the family like separated longer than it needed to be. So I mean, this could be like a new beginning for that family, like a real new beginning. Like, yes, they're in a very good place, but I mean, that's a huge gesture giving a kidney. So that would be kind of interesting it's sort of like how even though jake is alive mm-hmm. and carly and 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 elizabeth you know have an adversarial relationship she does have a deep respect for elizabeth because it doesn't change the fact that she made the decision to allow for the transplant to happen when she thought her son had died hmm. that's so a really good point i can also see stella it, it turning into sort of a, a funny type of situation where Stella's like well i gave you my kidney you know, be nice to me. I gave you my kidney. Like, it could just kind of come up as that. Well, Marcus makes her very funny and very smiley. So true. I can't wait to see more scenes with those two. <laughs> they're, they're very, very cute together. So, on that note, I hope everyone has a very smiley and happy 
weekend. A la Stella. I agree. Have a good weekend, you. You too. Bye. Bye.